0: Welcome to Santa's Wookiee!
1: Why waste another minute when Santa's work is to be done? A Lifetime original movie. I wouldn't do that. I'm not even supposed to be here. This is all a big misunderstanding. Let me hear a ho-ho-ho. Ho-ho-ho. Directed by Melissa Joan Hart. I'm not here to discover the joy of Christmas. I have enough of that in my life already. You have a
0: special someone? Not right now. Well, that just
1: leaves a houseplant. <laughs> <laughs> this November... Why don't you just resign yourself to be in here? Might even be fun. He is distractingly handsome. I haven't had much success in the romance department. Doesn't surprise me. You have to stop worrying about things, Emily. You've got to just go for it. Rita Moreno and Emily Kinney. Transformation. Santa Boot Camp. Premier Saturday, November 19th. Part of it's a Wonderful Lifetime, only on Lifetime. Welcome back to yet another Stocking Stuffer. I've already lost count. It's We've reached that point in the season where I can't count anymore, but this is a very special episode. It is a, finally, another santa episode with lots of Santa-isms, which is something we don't get enough of these days in these movies. And also, this is a big guns movie. This has a celebrity director... Uh, and it has no less than an EGOT winner herself, Rita Moreno. And I I am not nearly talented enough to handle this on my own. So I have brought in the big guns. Uh, with me is a Santa expert, a comedian, a writer, a performer, a jack of all trades, the one and only Kevin Marr. Welcome to the Stocking Stuffers.
0: Thank you. It is delightful to be here. I'm so glad I had an excuse to watch. Santa Boot Camp. I said it. I said the name of the episode. That's right. I, I'm just diving right in. But Let's people do it. know that from clicking on the.
1: Yes, episode. well, uh, Santa Boot Camp, a Lifetime original, uh, made for Lifetime, produced by Lifetime, and quite a star-studded affair, would you say?
0: Oh yeah, this is. I didn't know going into it. I knew our our big name was going to be Rita Moreno. Mm-hmm. I knew Melissa Joan Hart was behind the camera. I did not. I was surprised when. John Shuck showed up. Yeah. Of they, Robert they were not Altman pushing him. Fame.
1: Yeah. The, no, every no. commercial you saw was just, you know, Rita Moreno. Yeah, I, hello. They, Come on.
0: Held on to that secret. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, but, I mean,
0: but our, our, our friends listening would know him from a handful of Robert Altman movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in The Munsters today playing Herman Munster. The name of the show was the monsters,
1: n- not the Rob Zombie monsters yes. of today, if you will. <laughs> uh,
0: what else? What else is John Chuck? Uh, people going to recognize him? I mean
1: from? everything, but the disappointing thing is when you quickly pull up his IMDb, because IMDb just changed their format, so now like, you have to double click for more. Oh right, it so has the numbers. Right, so what comes up is all the stuff he's done in the last couple of years, which is Star Trek, uh, yeah, Star Trek Enterprise, and Law and Order SVU, and Diagnose right. Murder. He's he, he had but a bigger really, arc as, out there as an, an
0: actor. Like, oh, oh, he's the robot from Holmes and Yo-Yo, which exactly. has been buried on IMDb, which John Chuck is probably very happy about.
1: B- very possibly. Uh, boy, did he work. Different strokes. E-slash-R, right? Not E-R as we know it, but E-backslash-R, the other E-R, also starring George, George Clooney. So yeah, the man has had a career, uh, including, of course, Santa boot camp. Now, Santa Boot Camp is uh, also written by Michael Murray, who's written a lot of these types of movies. Um, Desperately Seeking Santa is one of one of his titles. <laughs> I've actually not seen that one, but I've always I wanted to just one. for the title, because, I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, and veteran, uh, d- normally are lead in need of a lesson, Melissa Joan Hart, who say, there, there's a lot to say about Melissa Joan Hart. Controversial figure, although seems to be uh, a little more... Um, middle ground these days, so which makes it easier to enjoy her movies. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart is directing. This is not her first directorial movie on Lifetime. She did a few others, so uh, quite the affair, quite the affair. And our lead is also somebody who you might recognize, Emily Kinney from uh, The Walking Dead. Emily Kinney, whose name is Emily, which is my name, and she's playing a character named Emily, and it makes me very angry on all sides of that. So I yeah, get they that gave her, her the
0: the Tony Danza treatment of they thought she might not respond to a character name.
1: <laughs> maybe that's it, because you know, I I kind there's a bit of a spaciness behind the eyes, so perhaps there there was something going to that. Yeah, oh, no. I, maybe her character was was supposed to be something else. I don't know. We we could there's a lot to go into on this one. Again, your usual ninety minutes, but I don't know. This one felt both loaded and very light. I don't know how you felt about it.
0: Yes, that's it precisely. Yeah. And and we'll explain what that means and why as, as we start to unpack it.
1: So let's go through the story of Santa Boot Camp. Would you like to give, kind of walk through the plot a little bit?
0: So Emily not is- Not me, not me. Not you. Right. But our, our heroine in need of a lesson. I'm mm-hmm. already getting ahead of myself, excuse me. That's
1: okay. That's okay.
0: She's a career gal,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, works as an event planner in a business that I assume is owned by her mother because she works with her mom. And it's the busiest time of the year. They they establish pretty early on. It's two weeks before Christmas, and she has clients. She has gigs going on. She has events that she is planning. When all of the sudden, out of the blue, a gigantic corporate client comes along, Mister Mancini. Mister Mancini, who I think he owns a mall.
1: I gather this is, that This much. is a. <laughs>
0: This is an alternative dimension where malls are still a thriving. Malls
1: in Los Angeles <laughs> yes. are treated as if they are small towns Yeah. that also have magic. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, hires her for an event and expects nothing but the best because she was she was recommended by a close friend of Mr. Mancini, who we, we don't know who that is, but we we know he expects big things from Emily and. Two things we learn are that he's not running a charity. This is a corporate event. and It's all about
1: needs... the bottom line.
0: It's go big or mm-hmm. – he says go big or ho, 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 go home, not go big uh. or go ho, 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 ho home.
1: They just don't have time to um yeah, to d- do a little bit of a script cleanup you know yeah. it's a one take and, you know and
0: mr mancini is played by patrick cassidy again you'd know him by sight but yep. i i don't know uh that, that people are gonna be starstruck by the terms of <laughs> Pat, patrick cassidy and the other thing that's so important to him is he needs A magic, awesome, incredible, unbelievable Santa. That is like his top priority. Not a Hollywood
1: Santa. Not a Hollywood Hollywood Santa.
0: Santa. He needs Miracle on 34th Street Mm -hmm. style Santa. Now, Emily, we've already established it's two weeks before Christmas. Where could she possibly (sighs) find a Santa Claus this late in the game? Well, I
1: mean, first she has to, I assume, drop all of her other clients for this guy. Because while she's very successful... Uh, she is about to give 100% of her time to this party. so Because it's that. a big
0: opportunity.
1: Very big opportunity. We've,
0: we've laid out the stakes with her mother, who we should note is uh, she communicates with her mother using sign language. Mm-hmm. Her mom uses sign language back, uh, which I found those scenes – we're not editorializing just yet. I found those scenes charming. Yeah. Um, could have been cloying, but I, I thought it was very effective. No, no, a nice um, way to just
1: throw in some more representation and diversity. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: yeah. It was no. nice. So presumably her mother or associates are going to take on other clients while she deals with this big, huge opportunity. But there's the no Santa challenge here, where oh. do you find the perfect
1: Santa? Well, well, I mean, first you go around and you lift up every Salvation Army bucket just to see if there's one hiding inside of it. Mm-hmm. When that doesn't pan out, you got to go to where, not where Santas are, but where Santas are made. Mm-hmm. Right Where Santa's are grown is, and tended to, and where they work. And that is our titular
0: Santa boot camp Santa run boot by camp. run by a woman named Bell. Now Belle. we see some glimpses of Bell early on in the opening credits who's getting it together. And again, just because I do know a little bit about the the world of Santa for hire. Santa camp is typically like an August September sort of thing. One it's would think <laughs> really unusual that this far into December, people are being trained to be Santa when they could have been hired as Santa. You mean they don't graduate on. on
1: Christmas Eve? Uh,
0: that is something that was unique to this hmm, film. How
1: about that? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. But for, for, you know, for, for for the sake of story, it's all happening in, in a condensed timeline. So in a nice uh, bit of almost physical comedy, a flyer for Santa boot camp magically is whisked through the air and ends on Emily's shoe. And she tries shaking it off while another flyer lands on her face. Oh. And again, I think we are spared some physical comedy. And it's for the best.
1: Oh, I. That was an attempt at physical physical comedy. I didn't. I wouldn't say but it was they, good physical comedy, but
0: but they knew when to mm, stop.
1: Right. Well, they be- had to communicate. That was a plot point.
0: Yeah. It was. Right? It was an exposition coming mm-hmm. into the yes. life of a character. So she says, "Oh, look at this. They've they've got this Santa boot camp. It's so popular. They've expanded to uh, Pasadena and L.A. And it's a four day intensive workshop for Santa's, Mrs. Claus, and Christmas performers. This is the place I should go." to hire a Santa for this great big event.
1: Not a terrible idea, I suppose. I mean if you have four days to spare. But of course she's not thinking it's going to be four days. She's thinking she's gonna go, talk to the owner, say who's the best person here. Okay, I'll take them. They're gonna come yeah, and she's do gonna my cherry
0: party. pick a Santa from yeah. this event to uh, to to have the best but it doesn't work that way it when she gets not. to Santa Camp. Right off the bat, everyone's confused. They think she's there mm. as a student. She's not there as a student, which she tells not. seven different 17 at seven different, different times. times. Yes. 17 times over and over, padding the running time of the film. <laughs> um, she meets a guy who's uh, got a pickup truck. who has got who's like a little bit of scruff, but not little. too
1: much scruff.
0: Yeah. Uh, And he's got some fresh vegetables, Mm -hmm. and the two of them chat a little bit, um, but he's got to go. So he He says, good luck with the class, because he thinks she's there as a student.
1: And she's like, I'm not here as a student, I'm looking for Santa! And then you take a drink, because she's just said it 17 times.
0: (laughs) So she cuts to the front of the line and uh, meets Belle, Mm. Rita Moreno, and explains I've got a big, important client because business is very important. Work is very important. I'm going to cut to the head of the line. I've got a business card. And Rita Moreno kind of plays dumb, pronounces the word sweetheart in a strange (laughs) accent that I couldn't quite place. Why not? And then the tram pulls up with a photo of Rita Moreno on it that says, The finest Santa school in the country. And Rita Moreno is revealed to be the woman who runs this mm. Santa boot camp. After saying, "Oh, woman, I'm just a little old lady." No. Yeah, yeah. She goes inside and she sees there are DVDs of Jane Fonda workout style videos <laughs> with Rita Moreno teaching you how to do Christmas Which I workouts. Would
1: totally subscribe. I to.
0: thought that was one of the best details in the Indeed. film. There were CDs of her her Christmas album. There are bobbleheads of Belle. Uh, with the face turned away from the camera, I guess so. It didn't. It wasn't supposed to. <laughs> There's only to so much her, time to make a custom yeah.
1: bobblehead, and this was filmed in 16 days based on the research right. we did. So, you know.
0: Uh, so she she goes in, uh, figuring if I go into the orientation, I'll I'll be able to get some more information. But it's made very clear. That they are not going to just give her a Santa. She has to enroll yes. in this. You have
1: to four earn your Santa by becoming a Santa yourself.
0: By, by doing the steps mm-hmm. and learning and and learning about yourself as Honestly. well as learning how to be a Christmas performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet some of the other characters who we we just get little glimpses of people like Caroline, who runs HR at a big department store where she's going to be working with Santas for hire, and she wants to learn more about. Uh, you know, she's kind of introduced, you're thinking maybe she's going to be like a romantic rival for Emily, mm. but nothing ever comes in.
1: No, that. no. She's just there because occasionally they need another person to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, uh,
0: some...
1: Gino, the uh, guy who wants to do it for his grandson,
0: mm-hmm. which yep, is cute. He's got the beard. Yeah. yeah. So you meet some of the other people who are uh, genuinely there to be students, and then Belle just keeps giving Emily a hard time. She keeps dragging her in, and uh, when she kind of just flops at an exercise where she has to play mrs claus opposite mr santa claus she brings aiden aiden
1: oh yeah she brings aiden
0: Aiden, the chef Mm. who's standing in the back
1: what What? he's a chef he's not a santa claus
0: i just i want to pair you with emily and i want the two of you to to show me some romance between mr and mrs claus and he weaves an absolutely beautiful backstory mm-hmm. just off the top of his head about their first date where they went on a picnic and they were outdoors and the hot chocolate froze but they ate it as ice cream and she fell asleep on his shoulder on the sleigh ride back. And that's the moment he knew she was the one and there's a cutaway to all the women in the
1: yep. auditorium
0: <laughs> who are just – soaking Ooh, besides themselves. Because this guy, he's he's a charmer and a romantic. And, and so, boy, does that speak to Belle. Bell response.
1: Oh, so Bell and Aiden have totally fucked, right? <gasps>
0: oh I my mean, God. you got
1: that. You got that, didn't you? Oh. Come on. Really? I I felt the energy and chemistry between Rita Moreno and this young pretty boy. And maybe John Chuck, uh, maybe he watched, maybe he participated. I don't know. I don't well, know.
0: Well, he's always up at his workshop. We learn yeah. 20 minutes into the movie that Belle's husband is never around for Santa boot camp because he's busy up at his workshop, mm-hmm. which is the first very obvious clue. I mean, they pretty much come out and tell you he's, he's Santa Claus. What? He's, she's Mrs. No. Claus. Yes. You know, like the Angela Lansbury movie, Mrs. Pretty Santa much. Claus.
1: In my mind, because they never like full out say it, I kind of rewrote this the ending that Belle is actually Santa and Mr. Claus is actually Mrs. Claus, if that makes sense. So
0: the way they set up the chairs in the auditorium, Bell Rita Moreno is center in the mm-hmm. biggest chair yeah. with her husband Chris to the side. So she is not playing second fiddle to him. Right. One she day.
1: is really
0: She is not even yeah. on equal footing. She is oh, well the, above. the superior I mean, magical she being
1: has an Emmy, an Oscar, a Tony, and a Grammy. Yeah. And also the title of actual Santa Claus, in my mind. Now this I feel like that's one like thing that is lacking in this movie, because it could have just done that. It could have at the end had her wink and say, like Oh yeah, he he's actually you know he he makes me cocoa or something, right. and like like something where like she like whips there's... the reindeer in the end. They could have just given you that one extra step of a bit of you know forward thinking, gender swapping. But uh, we understand it. Melissa well, it Joan
0: hard cut that stuff out.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. Wanted
0: a traditional. Yep. Yep. Wanted a traditional Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus relationship. Yeah. Um. Right. There's that Michael Caine movie with Ben Kingsley called Without a Clue that reveals. Mm-hmm. That Sherlock Holmes is a big dum dum, but Watson is the does brains all the behind it. We just watched
1: things. that last week, by the way. You're kidding well, me? Yeah, it's one of my husband's favorites, and randomly we funny, decided to sit down. It's a delight, fun yeah,
0: twist, very del- the delightful movie. So they could have totally done yeah. that here with Mrs. Claus being the true. Mm-hmm magic behind uh christmas
1: and she is the movie just doesn't say it right because she says the whole time like oh i'm planning a surprise for you like i'll give you something and at the end like it's clear that she makes it snow and she does that for emily and like she's (laughs) doing that john chuck's not doing that john chuck's just there for the ride yeah
0: so she gets so emily gets roped into the four-day intensive Mm -hmm. uh santa boot camp the the one thing is it it I had a hard time following the passage of time in this movie. because They could have said we, day
1: one, day two, yes, give a little yeah, advent calendar. Cards. Yeah.
0: Oh, advent calendar. Mm-hmm. There, there were so many ways you could have done it. It also is confusing that when you enroll in Santa camp, you wear a T-shirt that says Santa boot camp and you wear ca- camel pants. So right. every day they're wearing the same, the same clothes. Thing. So it's very difficult to distinguish mm-hmm. the passage of time, which may be – was by design so True. that they they had a little freedom of like sw- swapping around the in order, order of and yeah yeah mm-hmm. but uh but we know that it's going to be for 4 days and that Christmas is in about 2 weeks so after the 4-day intensive workshop is done then they have 5 days to complete uh what what is their their senior project
1: <laughs> yeah sacraments okay, work. know yes um, internships, um, you know, uh, Girl Scout badges, essentially, they, they have to prove themselves in the real world of, of santa Inc., which I guess is all in all a good thing. It just seems like, I don't know, like I freak out if I, have, if I have to take a sick day. I, I just can't imagine anybody in this day and age being able to say, okay, yes, I will give up nine days that are not vacation days in order to do this thing, uh, it just seems I, I don't know where to, this time comes from. Is all and I, the
0: film the film kind of has it both ways because it establishes early on that event planning will take over your life. Right, and I'm sure, it, it's a
1: very intense career.
0: I'm sure there, you know, you know the way certain jobs like advertising executive or journalist is portrayed in enough films that I feel like event planner is a more yeah. often than not it's a it's a woman in the oh, film. Yeah. It's scripted as women who are event mm-hmm. planners where they have to have like. They're managing people, they have clients, but they have staff, they yep. have an attention to detail, they have crazy demands being placed on them, but somehow they get it done. They get it all done, and they, they have, have time to done. fall
1: in love. What do you know? And they
0: have, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, But what's striking about this is, yeah, it, it's been established that this is a very intense career, but she's going to take four, four to days. nine days <laughs> devoted to this thing. Mm-hmm. And um it's a pretty small class. You know, there's not a lot of people uh enrolled in the course. Because with her.
1: people have jobs, presumably. Right.
0: Um and you know, the, the, the middle stuff is just like slowly how detailed do you want to get into our, our summary? Here? I
1: mean that's that's most of it, right? Yeah. She so her and Aiden fall surprise, surprise, her and the cook, the chef have a lot in common. I guess she helps him find a Christmas tree because, again, it's part of the bonding ritual in these movies. I mean, uh, again, the,
0: the film totally has it both ways where yeah. she has such a love and deep appreciation of Christmas and the magic of Christmas, but she also thinks work is important. And those yeah. two things just don't go together. But very, like, go. she
1: twists that around pretty quickly. Like, she has one interaction with a kid that can't go to this Christmas party that she's planning because it's only for the rich people. And she's like, I think that's wrong. I'm going to stand up to the man who hired me two days ago and who I was terrified of and tell him how I'm going to do his party differently. So there's that drama doesn't go far. And then the other drama that this is where I think you really do feel like, Oh yeah, they they had this movie filmed and it was only like 72 minutes. So we need something else. Okay. Oh, there's minor tension because Aiden has a job offer in New York city Uh, which within one scene, he decides not to take. So they're good, I guess. Um, And there's a party. Everything goes perfectly. Uh, It's another really low stakes um, Christmas movie, which, you know, these aren't ever meant to be overly dramatic movies that really challenge you. But I feel like a lot of them the last couple of years, and maybe it's COVID, maybe it's the kind of general sentiment of, Movies that were meant to be comforting are now even more afraid of not being completely soft and comforting. That they don't want in any way to give you anything to worry about. And well, I remember... I wonder... yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. Last year, um, doing one movie that was, uh, it was a sequel to a movie from before. It was The Nine Kittens of Christmas. <laughs> and the movie starts and the couple from the movie a couple years earlier have broken up. And so ultimately in the sequel, they get back together... But it was hysterical to read reviews of that movie, because people were so pissed off that this movie would dare presume that the couple you saw fall in love a few years earlier aren't together anymore. And, like, it's, I mean, what a a dumb sentiment at the same time, if this is your audience, your audience is, is the people that just want happy, happy, fuzzy, fuzzy for 90 minutes, yeah. I guess you write it towards that. So there's really zero conflict at all. The minor conflict that comes up is very quickly before the next commercial break squashed and everybody's happy and and falling in love again. So, yeah. yeah. Because that it, aside, there's things about this that were kind of charming.
0: There are, there are some details that I was... I mean, usually they were Rita Moreno or Rita Moreno oh, adjacent. Um, yeah. But just as far as some of the tensions go, I... What I found so interesting, and I feel like you can speak to this, is I've seen other films where someone is like a corporate lawyer who is Mm -hmm. doing bad work and they have to turn their back on that world, sometimes even quit the job or leave the company, Um, whereas in our male and female leads – are small business people, yeah. and I think that kind of has the best of both worlds, where they can have career ambitions and work mm-hmm. is important because they're not working for a big evil multinational right. conglomerate. They are trying to make their way in the world and do it their way and do it
1: better and do, and do make it the better, world better while and they're and make doing people it.
0: Happy, yeah. yeah.
1: And that's been the big disappointment I think I've had this year with a lot of these movies is that they've all been really reluctant. To start in a mean place and then get soft, and for that... years that's what we had. We had the the driven career woman who has a tight bun and always has a cell phone grilled to her, glued to her head, but by the end of the movie is wearing a soft sweater and has her hair down and is embracing Christmas. And there was something always like really fun about just how ridiculous that that path was. And most of the ones I've watched this year, and they and some of them have been decent movies in, in different ways. But none of them made this year are starting with Carella Deville go turning into Belle the uh, of Beauty and the Beast. Right, right. they're all starting with uh, you know, career minded Belle who then gets, you know, uh, even softened by the end. And I just miss that like that ridiculous judgment of career women maybe. Uh, well,
0: Ebenezer yeah. Scrooge. I mean, it it Completely. has it has such a it's so steeped in history with Christmas stories that it's about capitalism yeah. and work <laughs> and your identity and your cruelty and learning that there's more to life than that. So it's yeah, it it feels like. It's this nicer version of compassionate capitalism yeah. of people who run small businesses and there's nothing wrong with that. How dare you –
1: As long as you do it imagine. the right way. Yeah, and even if the right there's way. somebody in the way of that, all they need is you to talk about the beauty of Christmas and they'll fold and then they'll support you, which is what happens here with the, vil- the quote-unquote villain. Uh, so yeah, that, I don't yeah. think
0: – he wasn't – He had no hard edges to be a villain. He was won over so quickly. So
1: quickly. But the the introduction makes it seem like he's going to be a scary dude. And I was excited. absolutely
0: are led to believe that. And he has people who are tiptoeing around him. He has underlings who are afraid of him. He's just fired
1: somebody who was planning mm -hmm. his party. Yeah. And then very quickly. Very quickly. Uh, So let's go then lead into uh, the tropes we look for. Because number one is the lead need of a lesson. And it's Emily, and Emily kind of learns a lesson, but it's a really quick one,
0: <laughs> right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and just in terms of kind of character building, like, sometimes if, if, even if they're not then like the cruel career woman, then then give them something to go with. And the big sadness of this character at the very beginning is her sitting down and telling her Christmas story. And why, like, Christmas sometimes is really hard for her. And, like, you're thinking, like, oh, dad died on Christmas, right? That's what we're going to get. And instead it's like, no, I just always wanted a white Christmas and I never got one. Like, if that's your biggest problem, lady, it is going to be hard for me to care about your journey in this movie. Uh, But then we move on to our setting, which is almost always a big bad city, a charming small town, or a magical winter wonderland. And I'm going to say, we kind of get all three Absolutely. Mashed together. It's a
0: nesting doll. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yes. Within
0: the uh, big, bad city of mm-hmm. Los Angeles, yep. there is a charming small town of... Uh, the
1: block we're on in Los Angeles.
0: Right. And then in that, they rented out a a house to have this, or this, this estate, mm-hmm. this campgrounds to have Santa boot camp, which is a magical place.
1: And also apparently, like where they were staying and like that that's no, probably cafeteria was there. It's so no i meant the the, the the cast of the movie the cast oh, and crew kidding, like really? i think a lot of the stuff was just this house is like somebody's mansion that they rent out for things and i think it was like the entire movie was fil- i don't know the people actually slept there but it seemed as though like 95 percent of the movie was filmed in this space yeah so they they stretched that dollar i gotta respect definitely. it definitely wow Let's see now. Number three is our bland love interest. And again, like, he's not a poor little rich boy. He's not a widowed dad. He's kind of just, how would you describe this guy?
0: Well, they go out of their way a couple of times to talk about him as a Southern boy, even though there is no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and I, it's funny the actor like he's been in a dozens of these, and several of the ones that have like a Southern thing in the title, like Christmas yeah. in Mississippi, like those kinds of things. So I'm guessing the actor himself probably is from somewhere in the well, south. Well,
0: he was on, I guess he was a, com- a competitor on like Nashville, yeah, Star yep, yep, or some yep. kind of country music show. So he brings that baggage with him, but there is nothing about it that <laughs> no. feels distinctly southern. It's not like a Matthew McConaughey kind <laughs> oh, of gosh,
1: no. straw. If only.
0: Um so yeah, he drives a truck. He works with food. That's
1: right. He doesn't um, like molecular gastronomy.
0: No. He wants and, real food. And when we see him in the beginning wearing the white smock and the chef's hat, the camera is framed in such a way to see that he's wearing Blue jeans with it. Oh,
1: yeah. Because he's a
0: blue jeans... That's right. You know, pickup truck guy at heart.
1: And they kind of try, I would say, harder in this movie than almost any of the Hallmark Lifetime movies I've seen, to create some actual sexual energy between the leads. Mm -hmm. Because there is a scene about halfway through the movie when the two characters have like... Clearly they're into each other which a lot of times that doesn't happen so early usually it's like the last oh we got to go we have two minutes left oh right right kiss okay goodbye but in this case it's like no no no. they're clearly into each other and and getting more into each other and there's a scene where um, I, I, I can't remember why they're at this house in the middle of the night but they are. And he's making bread and doing like the kneading thing, and it turns into like the ghost. Like, you want Unchained (laughs) Melody to play?
0: The thing, right? He's like, let me show you how to do it. And you think Bill well, okay, loves they, when I do will, this. They will stand side by side and cook. He's like, let me show you how no, to do no, it. No, Stands here. behind her like the creepy golf <laughs> pro teaching a dupile <laughs> co-ed yep, how yep. to putt a golf ball. He's like, yeah,
1: put your hands uh, like this. Just
0: wraps his arms around her as they're kneading.
1: Yeah. So, it's
0: And he well, describes it.
1: Yes. And it goes vividly. on and on. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't get those. Like, that is as pornographic as you will find in these movies
0: yeah they're like, interlaced
1: yeah like an Emily freaks out she's kind of like ha, ha, I gotta go like because and like I'm sitting there as an Emily thinking like you're right you do it's way too early in the movie to get it on you can't do this <laughs> so yeah like I guess it's and I wonder whose decision that was like was that Melissa Joan Hart being like no 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 you guys are gonna like I I need the sex, like you can't do that in these movies, but she kind of does.
0: Stands behind her.
1: (laughs) Do you think Melissa Joan Hart at one point was like, "No, Emily, Emily Kinney, the actress, like, let me show you here, Nashville star." Okay, pretend I'm Emily. Like, (laughs) do you think she was into it, or vice versa? You know,
0: it's, it's very much on the um. On the commentary track of The Fly, wow. the Cronenberg movie, he talks about how he and Jeff Goldblum started working out together. And there's this idea of like the director and the lead, mm-hmm. you know, the, the lead actor being like, well, you're you're an avatar for me. I'm telling yep. a story and and you're basically a stand in for me. And Emily is so it's Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah. It's just like a younger. Very blonde. Hart, like... Very blonde. Just a similar complexion. Mm-hmm dials down the the like not as um doesn't have all the the like comedic characteristics and like the things you enjoy about a Melissa Joan Hart (laughs) it's it's a watered down it's a watered down version of it but she is so much a stand-in definitely so I could imagine any of these scenes Melissa Joan Hart saying you want to do it like this and everyone's like Oh that was brilliant. You know, you you should just you be should playing just be this, in this movie. I don't know Melissa why. You
1: know, a, yeah. Yeah. Have yep, you yep. Oh, fascinating. Uh so number 4 is our montage. I don't know, did you see any montages in this movie?
0: Uh there had to have been some. There, oh yeah, but there's none a few. Stood out to me. Cuz
1: they're not good montages. That's no, the problem. No, no. There's, like, a couple of different ones when they're showing Santa ca- Camp doing different assignments. Like, mm-hmm. they have to go into town and, like, interact with children. And there's mm-hmm. kind of, like, a slow-motion walk, and then it's them playing with various children to the song sound of Christmas carols. Then there's, like, a, a quick scene, and then the exact same thing, only now they're in a department store interacting with children. Yes. Um, there's a tree auction that kind of just... I guess as a montage, because it feels like they're just, I don't know, like, yeah, this scene isn't working. There, there Let's cut There aren't it enough differently.
0: things to happen to cut away to yeah. to count as a montage. It's very yeah. weird. That's why it's I don't consider montage. these montages. Yeah. They yeah. are half ass montages. Yep, they're yep, yep. Half, and then the scenes that come before it and after reinforce all of the information. So it's kind of like reiterated B roll, yep. not so much a montage of like, Oh well, the, here's a deleted scene that didn't make it into the movie that they're recycling into a montage. It's more of just, it's repeating itself.
1: Right, and a lot of times I think it really is the running time. They're looking at it, yeah. and saying like, "Well, we need another thirty-five seconds here. What do we got? Okay, well, we have quick dig up the silent, silent, uh, silent night cover and put it right here, and we'll cut this and this together. And damn, we got it, we got it." So yeah, like the there, and the same thing with like the party. There's a couple of shots of the party, but it's not. I don't know. It didn't Just a like couple a of
0: shots. Party. Nothing. Nothing big. I know.
1: Do uh, you
0: know what I thought was a weird choice in the montage in the store? Is Mrs. Claus holds court with a group of children, and she's telling the story of the three little pigs. And it's like, I guess that is the version what? of public domain <laughs> storybook. <laughs>
1: Is that but, not what you would do at Christmas time? You know, sit around the tree well, and hear guess, the story? Of...
0: I guess I assumed if she was going to do story time, it would be the Christmas mitten. You know, it would be right. the nut back cracker, to the which is public ways. domain. Yeah. Yeah, but instead she, she told the story of the three little pigs. Unless as the story unfolded, maybe it was the the three little pigs We're at decorating. Christmas. Maybe
1: instead yeah. of blowing down the house, it was blowing down the inflatable lawn ornaments. Who can maybe. say? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, now, number five, and again, this is where sometimes you see the difference between like how hard is a movie going to go because we have the dead parents slash mm-hmm. dead wife. And now in this case, do we have any dead parents?
0: We hear about when our dad was still with us,
1: okay. which I, I took that. to
0: believe yeah. this is when he was alive, not before he went he, to Mexico with and his teaching for, assistant. <laughs>
1: right, for a pack of cigarettes He's no never longer came back. with us. Yeah, I didn't even catch I was wondering. I'm like they have to say something about the dad. But in, cuz instead what I got was at least two dead grandparents. Cuz mm-hmm. Aiden talks a lot about his his I think it was his grandpa who like taught him how to cook and then Emily, I forget at what point, but she has a whole thing about her dead grandma. So it right. seemed like they were like doing that thing where again it's like, "Oh no, we don't want to get too real." So grandparents. Yeah, yeah like it's And if
0: anything Aiden boring. Aiden said He wants to have a a small down-home restaurant where he's going to make the fried chicken that his grandfather taught him to make, and he's going to use the skillet that his grandfather gave him. Uh So you've got multiple dead grandpas. Lots of dead grandpas,
1: assuming. I mean, for all we know, know, the great-grandpa is still kicking around.
0: My my dead grandpa, he's got a dead grandpa too. (laughs) (laughs) And that dead grandpa, (laughs)
1: he had a skillet. (laughs) He actually – he died on this skillet. (laughs) <laughs> that that skillet's probably
0: disgusting, right?
1: Well, like they should, I mean I, that's the whole thing about cast iron skillets is that they're supposed to get better with age because they like uh, they get seasoned, right? So everything you cook on the skillet kind of like goes into it. I really want to believe part of this family's ritual is that when grandpa dies, he is then cooked on that skillet (gasps) and that becomes the, that's when it's blessed. And that's when you could like, you have to cook your first meal. It has to be the ancestor who died on that skillet. Otherwise you break the curse. Yeah. Or the blessing, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then you don't look as good in blue jeans. That's that's what I'm going to say happens. Uh, No. Number six is our sassy sidekick. Uh, I I think you have some options. I feel like there is one that that stands There's out. There is one,
0: absolutely, uh-huh, that is uh-huh. our comic relief standout who doesn't steal the movie but certainly brings a lot to her scenes and, and brings some color and light to it, yes. which I really appreciated.
1: Yes. Uh, so that What's is, her name? I Marissa Jarrett Winokur, who everybody knows as the original Tracy Turnbull in Hairspray, the Broadway musical. Uh, right. Patty is her character's name. And she is, I guess, like what would you call her? The head elf. The, I uh, guess,
0: yeah. Or yeah. the do... drill sergeant of drill the boot sergeant, camp. If, you, yeah, if you're going to keep the activities. boot camp scenario, yeah, I like it. She's got a whistle that mm-hmm. she blows. She has everybody march. Yep. She gives them assignments. She
1: big old hair.
0: Penalizes big old hair. Yep. Lots of lots of bright, loud, um, Christmassy Jewelry. outfits. Yeah. And there's there's a pretty funny joke in the movie about. <laughs> uh somebody mentioned something about well what if a kid complains about an ugly christmas sweater and they cut to her she says there's no such no thing such as thing. <laughs> an ugly christmas sweater that was a myth created by the media and she's wearing a hideous
1: yep, yep christmas sweater yep and she we finally get good big dangly earrings that get bigger as the movie goes on mm-hmm. which i appreciate so like that's that's what i look for in a sassy sidekick i look for high energy i look for the like and I don't know if Marissa Jarrett Winokur has ever been the lead in any of these movies, but like you want that. Like you, you want too much of that in one movie just to see where it goes when you do that. Yeah. Um but yeah, so a nice fun, and you can tell that this actress is working really hard. Um one of the yes. things there there's an article that if anybody saw on Facebook I put up, um it's from the the website Vulture, where somebody like basically served as an extra on this movie and wrote about what it was like to a film. And they mention one of the, like the first things they talk about is how Mercy jart Winiker does a scene, and then Melissa Smith Hart says cut and, and says to her, "Okay, that's great. Can I get it at seventy-five percent?" And Mercy <laughs> Jarrett Winiker immediately was like, "Yep, okay, got it," and does it at seventy-five percent of her energy from the last one, and like I I love when like you know that's like a very theater person who who understands exactly when to expound the energy and when to pull back, so. It's, fun it's, here.
0: it's a game I love to play when you see films based on musicals and you're like, okay, spot which actor was in the <laughs> was Broadway in the, show you know, yes. Because their energy is very different from the yes. film actors who are playing things at twenty-five yeah. percent. And they're coming out, oh,
1: projecting yeah. like they are on a Broadway stage. A lot of times it's all about the eyebrows. If oh, yeah. in Lame Is, the the Hugh Jackman Lame Is from a couple of years ago. Ebeneen, um beautiful singer. I'm sure she's a great stage actress. Watch her eyebrows in that movie. It's almost Silent Night, Daily Night 2. Like they are doing so much work. And of course they are, because on stage, you are doing you that to the people to in the mezzanine.
0: Give it 120%. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, I was thinking of uh, in, in the first film version of The Wiz, oh, The Cowardly Lion yes. is going so big, so nonstop. Yep. And it's like, we get it. You were in the Broadway. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I totally believe that she, she brings some of that Broadway energy mm-hmm. that Melissa Joan Hart has to then wrangle in.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, Now, number seven is our evil woman or our villain. Uh, Villain is often an evil woman. Um, Can can alternative be the male boss who is obsessed with profit margin?
0: We get a little bit of that with the client who we think, yeah, yeah, you think he's going to be about the bottom line and that everything has to be excellent, and he's not running a charity. But when she says this would be really good for community building, he's like. All right, send me a proposal. This could be great. Be great. Like he's he's totally open to mm-hmm. it. Um, and then then the potential evil woman we mentioned earlier is Caroline is taking the course. Uh, she's taking boot camp, and she's with HR. I consider HR pretty corporate. <laughs> and uh, she seemed like she could have been a rival, or she could have been like uh, bringing a corporate point of view to mm-hmm. like, well, in my department store, we're not going to have time for this nonsense, never goes anywhere, no, never, no. never develops. Yeah. So.
1: And I think part of it, too, is that it, whether you have an evil woman depends on what type of female lead you have. If your female lead is starts as the evil woman, starts as the corporate villain, then you don't need the evil woman. If your female lead starts as, like, the doe-eyed, I love Christmas and want to bring it to other people, that's when maybe you'll have that. And here you have that cross in the middle because Emily is a career woman, but very quickly softened by, like, oh, no, but I love Christmas. So you don't, like, there's no reason to have that other voice because Emily's voice is so muddled anyway. So
0: If you you were to look at two uh, pie charts or two graphs, bar graphs of... Cozy Cardigan Christmas movies directed by men versus directed Mm. by women. Do the ones with do one of those charts feature more evil women? Are women more likely to be like, I want an interesting character who's Mm -hmm. really like aggressive and powerful, or are men going to, going to have a misogynistic bent of presenting a, particular type of, oh, wow, she wants a career and family? What an evil woman.
1: That is an excellent question. I don't have the data to give you a full answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Part of it, too, is one of those things that you'd have to look at timelines because you didn't have women – not that you didn't have women directing, but – until recent years, it was so, like, everything in Hollywood, so still male-tilted to where almost everybody behind the camera was still a man. That changed. Hallmark has always been the flip of that. Um, at one point, Hallmark actively had, I think it was, like, more female-directed films than Yay. any other network. So, yeah, right? Progress in some way. In um, some way.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> in the movies themselves. It's,
1: pretty much, yeah. And the ones I've seen, I haven't seen enough to really... Be able to note that and, I, and it's something I always look for So I know I would know If it was there So I would say So far Not much of a difference But reevaluate In like five years Kind of like the Sight and sound poll Right They do it every ten years Let's do it every five years For Cozy Carding At Christmas And, and see right. how things fall Yeah Put it Put it on the calendar Right now uh, Okay Number eight Is slapstick uh, Not much um, the, We mentioned The flyers On the face In the very yep. beginning um. The okay. There, there's like one scene that goes on for a while that I was confused by. I guess the joke is that Emily can't walk in elf shoes.
0: Her, it's her tights. Her, t- she's tights. tugging at her tights, and it makes it impossible for her to move around in her in her elf green tights.
1: Like tights aren't hard. Tights don't do like a skirt would do that to you. But tights are just tights. Like they're stockings. They don't really constrain your movement much. It just suddenly felt like Emily was an alien who didn't have feet, like she was a Little Mermaid who was just walking for the first time type thing. Because yeah. I did not understand what the humor was in that scene, aside from she couldn't do it. But... I,
0: I just recently rewatched a episode of the the original Adams Family, and I forgot that when Morticia walks, it's just. These little baby steps. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm holding up to my. I, I see the little finger, camera. little fingers walking. Everybody, little, put, little fingers take walking. your two
1: fingers, put them together, and then just move the tips of them. Because that's what happens when you wear like I, I forget the name. I guess it's a mermaid silhouette, right? Where yeah. it goes all the way to your to all your little the, feetsies, no... and all you can move are your feetsies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it reminded me of that, just her inability to get around in those green in tights. In those
1: tights, which I'm sure Melissa Joan Hart has worn and knows that no tight is going to do that to you. But anyway, uh, we need to move to number nine because our sage old person oh, is – whoa, 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 whoa. Um, I have never coveted an outfit or wardrobe in general more than I did with Rita Moreno in this movie.
0: Okay, if you had to pick one, if you were going to get one
1: <sighs> – okay. Um, I'm going to cheat because what I'm going to do is I'm going to get one outfit and then I'm going to steal one accessory. Yes, it is the by far the red sequined jumpsuit. Uh, Not jumpsuit, but tracksuit, right? You can tell it's comfortable. It goes from the ankles to the neck.
0: Looks great. Oh
1: my God, she looks amazing. You can tell that she can move really freely in it. You get the feeling that Rita Moreno woke up in the morning in that outfit and did yoga. And like Mm -hmm. it just looks fabulous. But I would pair that with the um, sparkly hat that she wears later in the movie.
0: The sparkly hat yeah. is great, and I loved the turban. I feel turban like great. It, it's very hard to have a character wear a turban that it doesn't like. What's going on with that turban? Yeah. Like, no, it, it works. You know what, Rita Moreno? Yeah. She could she could made any of those outfits look great. I mean, there are basically all three women
1: great. I think of when I think, like, who could pull off a turban? Rita Moreno, Cheetah Rivera, and uh, Eartha Kitt. Those are the three names that I think of as, yeah, put them in turbans. And it makes sense. They're all... Of that I, same ilk.
0: I know I've seen Madeline Kahn in a turban <laughs> oh, a few she times. Could do it too. Yeah, and she looked great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which it it seems like it would be a really hard thing to do. But
1: yeah, you, um, know, you know you know what else is really hard to do? Um, play a weird sexy Santa role playing thing where you're a little girl and your husband is Santa, and it's it was. Do, do you remember the scene early yeah. on? They're doing a thing where they're like, yeah. all right, play acting improv. Once a kitten. Yeah.
0: And you think, oh, wait, is she not going to ask for a kitten? Because so far she hasn't mentioned it. And it's all a ramp up to wanting a Siamese kitten. Like, it's very detailed. Like, some of the exercises they do at Santa (laughs) Camp, the same way Aiden has this whole vivid description of what Mr. and Mrs. Claus's first date was. When Mrs. Claus or when Belle is just supposed to ask Chris about uh, wanting a kitten for Christmas— she she just delivers this beautifully constructed, mm-hmm. flowery backstory that is is riveting. Yeah.
1: Um, I also really wished, because uh, they were, you know, trying to throw Santa's off, right? So, Santa, I want a car. Santa, I want a horse. Didn't you want one of them to say, Santa, I want my father back from the dead? Like, is yeah. that not where... You, your brain goes there, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, uh, I mean Rita Moreno is is a legend. Uh, she is having fun in this movie. She is not phoning anything in. She apparently learned how to drive that golf cart uh, and, oh, and really? actually drove it in some of those scenes. And apparently hated it. Like the quote in uh, that article is, "I'm not thrilled about driving that fucking thing," she told the reporter, <laughs> which I love to imagine Rita Moreno yeah. doing. Um, yeah, uh, she's I
0: just want to. I just want to like by comparison, just like. Yes, we know Rita Moreno is going to be great in this that that should surprise mm-hmm. no one. But what I just want to point out is if you've seen some of these films, kind of like if you're watching an asylum movie where they have one name actor, you know, it's like, oh, they got Lorenzo Lamas. I watched one a while back where Howard Hessman was in it. Nice. But he was the most dead. I think of Howard Hessman as somebody who's just got a real sparkle in his mm-hmm. eye, really charming and funny and unique. It was the most dead-eyed performance yeah. I'd ever seen him do. So sometimes going into this type of a film, not even necessarily a Christmas movie, but just a late in their career yep. and they're you know brought in for some low budget for film, the day. They know it's not going to be quality. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get, and you yep. might get a dead-eyed Howard Hessman performance. Right. We got the complete opposite. Totally. We got just a, a woman who's at the top of her game. Mm-hmm. And does not phone it in, even if it's a Melissa Joan Hart Lifetime Christmas (laughs) movie. She is just effervescent and magical.
1: She's like being my Clancy Brown in this movie, right? Clancy Brown is in so many terrible movies, and he never once is anything but giving 110% in them. And that's the vibe here. Like, she's having fun. She has a spin to this character. Like, she has clearly come in thinking... Like, I know I know who Belle is. Like, I've decided Belle and, and Belle has had sex with this young chef. Yep. Uh, Belle is into this, but not into that. Like, she, she has a vision and she goes with it. And she, I think she elevates everybody around her. Like, you could tell everybody else is like, oh, my God, I'm in a movie with Rita Moreno. And, like, she's looking me in the eye and get, doing a scene with me. And it's it's lovely to see.
0: And throughout the movie, she says, oh, that would be too easy. She She frequently has things go on the scenic route Mm -hmm. in order to like make it a more satisfying lesson uh akin to like wax the car paint the fence hey you learned karate you know she's very wise she's very clever she's very playful and i wanted to look at a detail early in the film so after i watched it once i was i was watching the beginning again and i had not been looking for this in the very opening scene a bunch of articles of clothes go by on a rack and you see the Mrs. Santa Claus suit and it's got Emily's tag on it. Oh so it was predestined, like mm-hmm. she she was ten steps ahead of well, every other character in the movie. She and is I thought Santa that Santa Claus. That is a detail that you don't get on the yeah. first viewing.
1: And rarely does any of these movies necessarily warrant a second viewing. So, hey, way to go, Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah. Uh, now, number 10 is our Santa Claus. Um, we have said, sure, John Chuck, but actually Rita Moreno, right? Come on. Yes. Come on. Yes. Yeah.
0: I also just want to point out now, there's a detail, again, this is the kind of thing like you pick up the 2nd time watching it. Um, at one point Santa Claus says look at Belle's hands and we've established that they're married and they've been married for what they say it feels like an eternity thousands of years you know they're constantly talking about how Mm -hmm. they're these immortals he's like look at her hands and she holds up her left hand what do you notice no wedding ring we decided when we got married no wedding rings but I love the detail that like well they don't wear the wedding rings because they're free to (laughs) fuck Exactly.
1: oh yeah it's I'm just understand. easier this way. It just takes the conversation out of the mix. <laughs> oh yeah. No, they both they both can get it. I, I guarantee it. And it's probably I weird. like the
0: idea that Aiden has had sex
1: with all of with the both principal of them. characters. Oh yeah, yeah, show. yeah. Definitely with Patty. Um one hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Alright. So now we go to the bonus round. Uh first thing is our public domain holiday songs. There's this one does a thing where they actually have a lot of like those original but not Known for a reason, just
0: naming songs.
1: things, <laughs> the naming Christmas things song. Yeah, 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 talking that's... about
0: gingerbread houses and ice
1: icicles and ice skating. Yep, and there's like three of them in this movie, and I don't know why. Like, I, I but I prefer that to just the same old cover of Jingle Bells every time. Uh, so, and we do get a sexy version of Oh Christmas Tree. I think is like slowed down and kind of stretched out and done in a way where you know that. Again, that has been used for the different orgies happening at this house. <laughs> Let's see, number two, secret family recipe.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Uh huh. I mean, well, there were two.
0: Yeah. Because there was the the German cake fruit yep. cake, chocolate and cherry that, fruit cake that uh, she never did learn how to make. No. Which is never paid off in any way. Nope. She nope. does not uh, open. A, a book in her house and find out mm, an envelope it, like, that falls out. The that sprinkle sound effect it as it falls out. Yeah. Nothing like that. It never yeah. pays off. Yeah. And then um, uh, Aiden wants to open a down-home restaurant. Down-home. His family's fried chicken. Mm-hmm. And it's the, um, the, the contrast that comes up a lot is go big or go home. But home is presented time and again as a really good place to go. So going yeah. home is not a bad thing. Home no. is where the heart. Is.
1: Of course, it's where that Dr Pepper barbecue sauce is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, our small business in danger again. We kind of think that this party planning company, like they have to make this one work. And you're thinking like, oh, otherwise, uh, you know, Mom and Emily are, are out in the streets. But no, it doesn't really go anywhere. And even the whole like I don't know. At one point I thought like, oh, the Santa school is going to be in danger, but no, it's not. It's so not enough of 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 that, you know. Sports, well, the small third business.
0: one, the third one is a hypothetical business that doesn't exist yet, which is Aiden wants mm. to open yes. a restaurant, but he might go take a job in New York, big City. bad
1: New York City. There's so much molecular gastronomy in New York City that oh, would just be just no. no
0: it no, is no very funny that. Los Angeles positions itself as the small <laughs> town compared to big bad New, New York, York City. City.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. When I when I think of a place where everybody knows your name and you can walk down the street and get a nice cup of coffee, I definitely think of Los Angeles. Uh, product placement. So there, there is one, and it's a f- weird one. I don't know if you caught anything. You mentioned it earlier. What do they wear? What are the the campers the the boot what do you call them boot campers? What yeah. are they wearing? What, Camouflage what is pants and
0: and a t shirt that says okay Santa boot camp.
1: Not just that the t-shirt, not just that the t shirt says Santa boot camp. You did you if you watch this on Lifetime, I will send a picture. I'll put it up on the Instagram. Please. There is one moment where, uh, I think it might even be Rita Moreno is wearing the shirt. And the shirt has that red circular ornament, right? It's just a Christmas ornament. It's a very generic image. But you know what else that image is? That image is used for the It's a Wonderful Lifetime advertising all of the anytime you look at like lifetime anytime you're watching a lifetime christmas movie in the bottom corner of the screen for about half the movie is going to be that little icon that says it's a wonderful lifetime and usually that's where like throughout the movie the advertisement for the next movie will come up and so on but it is completely just that red ornament tilted to the side and there was a moment that felt like um that office episode where Everybody is watching the DVD screen where the DVD icon is moving across the TV, and yeah. they're waiting for it to land in the corner because something corner. magical happens. I was sitting there watching because this this <gasps> ball on her on her sweater is coming so close to landing over the corner icon on the screen. I'm like, what happens when that? Like, is that an Easter egg? Like, is my TV going to blow up? Is that like Halloween it's show, free mask? Show Indiana
0: Jones where the Well of Souls no! is.
1: Let's Who knows uh, something terrible Or wonderful was going to happen at that point It doesn't wow. quite but like it, it was there it was definitely there And I bet I didn't look I guarantee you can buy Those shirts on Lifetime's website if you look oh, for them Oh
0: 100% yeah.
1: Yeah. But it was an exciting one in terms of like How they managed to work that in uh, Now number five is our Cloying child we do have Children in this movie we don't mm-hmm. always have kids In these movies because it's more expensive to have to Deal with a kid for a day um we have a little scene with a girl who is signing and connects with Emily because Emily also knows how to sign. Um, eh, that's cute, I guess.
0: But I think I think what's amazing is it it sidesteps the challenge of children's delivery, where that's it's overly point. cute or yep. it's whiny or yep. it's demanding, it's off-putting in some mm-hmm. way. So you have a child who's having, a meaningful dialogue with our main character, yep. but we never hear the character's voice. That's I think a good that's, point. that's that might uh, be the
1: trick of these movies. I wonder if more movies yeah. will start doing that with their child actors. Well,
0: Logan, uh, the the Marvel movie Logan, mm-hmm. has a, a young girl in it who doesn't speak. And I think the last in the in the most recent trilogy of Planet of the Apes movies, there was a young girl who didn't. Yeah,
1: you're right. You're right.
0: And I was like, I do not like this trend of female characters who have no who don't voice. Have voice, yeah. Um but I think in this case the benefit of it is you don't get
1: I wish I you were real, yeah. Mrs. Santa. I wanna like, go to the party. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Interesting point. We'll have to see how that follows up in, in future movies. Uh, character with a holiday themed name. I mean we have Belle, we have Chris. As in Chris Kringle, obviously. Um, We have a character named Emily, which, again, annoys me because it just makes my life hard. You probably go through that far often than I do because Kevin's an even more common name in movies. But it's weird for me to have to say the name Emily out loud so many times. Uh, Finding the perfect tree.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a whole plot point.
1: It is. Um,
0: And now, have you ever seen a Christmas tree auction? We should tell everybody they don't just go to buy a tree. They go to a Christmas tree auction. So right. everyone has to be there at the same time. Trees are brought up. There is an abundance of trees at this tree lot. They are tagged, so they have some kind of price on them because he says something about her having champagne tastes. But mm. then you don't buy the tree in a traditional manner because they're being auctioned by an auctioneer.
1: And they don't – if there was – if it was a fundraiser, it would have made sense, right? If it was something yeah. of like, oh, this is what we do this instead to raise money for or something – But yeah, it seems like a very inefficient way to buy a tree, because that just takes more time. Auctioneers talk fast, but yeah, but still, there's 30 other people looking to buy that tree. Uh, And they kind of commit a sin, which to me, if you're going to do a sort of montage to a tree hunting, why would you not use Oh Christmas Tree as the song for that? Instead, they use, I think, Joy to the World. So, Mm. again. Uh, no ridiculously elaborate holiday cocktails or beverages that I caught, but we do need to talk about that empty coffee cup acting. Yeah. Who boy, who boy? Ah, uh, the Oscar goes to <laughs> the tree auction. They say you want some hot cocoa? Yes, and they both get a cup. A clearly. Now,
0: at first, I thought he's handing her an empty cup, and as they're going to go you, and as if you and I were going right? to go to a water cooler and I fill that same. cup.
1: But they never go to a water cooler. They stand there and hold these cups and toast with these cups. And there is just, I mean, it felt like, at one point I'm like, maybe this was the rehearsal and they just forgot to actually film it with any weight to the cups whatsoever. It was one of the most egregious, offensive, empty coffee cup acting I have seen in these movies. And that is saying something. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And then, uh, actors trying hard to not actually eat food on camera. Uh, I know this is something near and dear to your heart of having to film a scene and have to remember we don't actually eat it because I might have to do this for seven hours if they didn't get the right shot. Uh, I'm just going to say, I am pretty sure that Rita Moreno and John Chuck drank like seven bottles of wine. (laughs) I don't think they were, they, Melissa Joan Hart's standing there like, no, no, for continuity, I can't have you drink out of the glass. Oh, oh, okay, I'll just drink the whole glass and then you can refill it then. How's that? <laughs> I really think they were like going for it on that wine and, and bless them for it. Yeah. Uh, no Canadianisms, because this obviously was not filmed in Canada. It was filmed no. in Tennessee, which gets them it, around the Warm Weather Watch.
0: It had something in the closing credits about uh, Connecticut Film Commission. Huh. Or maybe that's just the name maybe. of the company. Yeah, or it's maybe some
1: interiors, but the, maybe. the main set was definitely Nashville.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the Vulture article must
1: yeah. get into that. So they definitely like again, sometimes I appreciate when they just all out say, Oh no, we're not in a place where it's gonna snow. So it's okay if our characters are on t-shirts. I appreciate yeah, justify it. It goes back to when I was in high school, we made we had we made a zombie movie for our American history class and I came up with what I thought was a brilliant idea, which was we're gonna set the movie in Alaska because then the lights are always on in Alaska, right? Cuz we Love it. we knew Love with it. our little old 90s camera we couldn't do night shots, so it justifies why you weren't making a horror movie at night. So, you know, same same idea. Um so that was Santa Boot Camp. Kevin, what did you think of Santa Boot Camp? You you've watched some of these movies. Where does yeah. it fall for you?
0: Um <clears throat> even though we just checked off so many boxes on the checklist, it strangely doesn't feel as uh by the book and and paint by numbers i think just because of because of the premise of a santa boot camp has to the best Mm -hmm. of my knowledge has never been used and right now if you go to hbo max you can see santa camp an actual Uh documentary about one of these camps that Mm. takes place in september in new hampshire and people come from all over the place to go to these things um the 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 use of the camp makes it feel unique and feel different from all the other movies I've seen that kind of fall into these formulas. So it did feel a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it it the more kind of we talk through it and go through some of the kind of things that didn't work, I think I see more of the um the not the failings of it, but like yeah, some of the problems on it. But in terms of me sitting down and watching this, I was more entertained than I expected to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it seemed on paper, even though the premise was different, that, okay, but I see, you know, it'd be one thing if it had this premise and it was about Rita Moreno. But no, it's about the pretty young blonde. And that aspect of it was still kind of, eh, not the most interesting lead, not the most uh, dynamic romance. There were some things about that that held it back a little bit, but I think... Rita Moreno is so great in this. Um, There's charm to what's going on around it. Uh, Even the set and the costumes felt a little bit elevated for this kind of thing. Um, There's a lot here that I ended up kind of like eh, smiling at a little more than I normally would here. So overall, I think it's one that is not something to seek out and watch. But if you have to pick one out of a barrel to watch, I feel like this is a one that you, anybody will find entertainment in.
0: Yeah, I would, I would only recommend it to uh, Rita Moreno diehard fans.
1: Oh, yes, yes. And she does not sing or dance in it, which is very disappointing. I mean, they they could not pay her enough to earn that. So on the other hand, I'm thinking like, no, she didn't, she's better than that. But still. But
0: she comes off great. Like, I, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of any, but you know, just that thing of like, when you feel sorry for an actor and you're like i hope this isn't their last movie i hope <laughs> yeah. i hope they don't go out on this note um but it there is there is nothing for her to dislike about nope. her performance she should feel very proud of the work yeah. she did on this, on I, this I hope most of the budget movie. went
1: to her or to her wife so one of the two uh, all right, so, Kevin, you are a busy man this time of year, uh, and especially this year, where you have a Santa book to talk about.
0: Santa Doesn't Need Your Help That's is right. in stores and wherever fine books are sold. It is a It was a short film that I made for Kevin Geeks Out, uh, the variety show that I host that you've done, mm-hmm. um, and... We showed it as a 10-minute animated short, and the guy who illustrated it is Joe Dater. He's a New Yorker cartoonist. He has an agent, and he said, you know, this really could be a book, and I'm going to show it to my agent. His agent took the link, showed it to some publishers, found a publisher, sold it. They came back and said, we're going to sell it as a children's book, not a humor book, because it will sell more as a children's book. So I accidentally wrote a children's book. (laughs) And I know there are people who like. I would love nothing more than to write a children's book. I was not just trying
1: don't try.
0: To. Yeah, I wasn't trying to. I made a short film that ended up as a kids' book, and now I'm learning about the the challenges of the publishing world, which I just assumed <laughs> would be. Oh, it'll be so much better than TV or film because it's books and book people are smart.
1: Maybe not. Uh. Yeah. Well, the book is smart, though. The the book is a delight. Um, Thank you. I, I know you're, I guess it's classified as a children's book, but it made me laugh out loud many times. I, I'm also a child at heart, so perhaps there's that. But it is. It is very funny. It is sharp. Um, and I would say it's really good for all ages.
0: It's for grown-ups of all
1: ages. Oh, yes, definitely. It's for everybody from uh, the little uh, sign language girl to Rita Moreno, if you will, yeah. if you want to give a gap. Uh, well, fantastic! And of course, Kevin geeks out. You've got a million shows coming up. I don't know what, if this will be released in time for several of them, but there is throughout the dates, and there's one that I will be at as well. So December fourteenth in Beacon, New York. December eighth yes. uh, in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, we're not going to hit the eighth. No, we're not. In the past, at that point. Um, but but yeah. if
1: you're, you end up in one of the Christmas movies if you end up in one of the Christmas movies where the ghost of Christmas past can take you back, then they can take you back in time to a couple of Kevin geeks. Out. There you so, go. Yes. Kevin geeks out.com for all these dates and all this more wonderful things. And on that note, uh, I guess tell everybody what, uh, what pearl of wisdom, a Santa enthusiast such as yourself could leave to those listening.
0: Um, You mentioned, I'm just going to, Can I go here? Can I take a minute? Please. Um, You mentioned the idea of a child saying, like, I want you to bring back my father Uh who who died or some impossible thing. The Santa I work with is uh, Santa Glenn. He's been playing Santa for 40 years. And I directed a one-man show he did called I, Santa, Confessions from Behind the Beard. And he told these wonderful stories that are true stories of, of his adventures from playing Santa. And the first year, he went to a charity event that they have in, like, Early October, late September. It's a charity event they do. And the year was 2001. And it was a benefit for families who had lost loved ones oh. on 9-11. And children came up and sat in his lap. And they asked Santa because they, they think Santa is real. And magical. Santa, did you know
1: what Oh, my happened? gosh. Did you
0: hear what happened? So he had all these children wow. telling him about the bad man who doesn't like america who had a plane fly into the building and he just had a kid say to him my dad was in the building and my dad died and glenn had to say something and he said i knew your father i used to bring him presents when he was your age and every year your father was on the nice list And the kid was so warmed by that. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my gosh, talk about like yeah. when you're when you're painted in actually a, color, like, what do you say to a, a Santa Claus,
1: yeah.
0: And he knows how to improvise a yeah. Santa Claus. And we we hope to be bringing back I Santa again in the future. It's this great show where he just he does it like like a Reddit AMA where the nice. audience is just supposed to ask questions and then he just like tells any question that somebody asks, he's got a great story to go with it because he's been playing Santa for 40 years. So I just want to give a shout out to, to Glenn who who takes on those impossible questions when he plays Santa.
1: Well, and it really is when you think of it from that other side, uh, the position you're in, if a child absolutely is a Santa believer and has come to sit on your lap and tell – their hero their god their you know this elevated figure something very deep there's a lot that can come out of a child's mouth at that point and you have to be prepared wow yeah okay well i guess santa does not need your help after all since he figured (laughs) that one out so find kevin and merry christmas everybody
0: Santa's watching, Santa's waiting, Christmas Eve
1: is slowly fading. Can you hear him in the night? Close the door, turn out the light. Santa's watching, Santa's creeping, now you're nodding, now you're sleeping. Were you good for mom and dad?
0: knows if you've been bad. There might be
1: a treat for you in Santa's bag of toys but Christmas won't be fun and games for naughty girls and boys. Santa's watching, Santa's waiting, everybody celebrating. Dear
0: Субтитры